Shut up and sit down. That time again. If you're hearing that music, you know what time it is. Fifty. It's episode fifty of you the New Year Top Podcast. Two more times, though. Wow. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see. It has been a delightful jingle for the last year. No. Uh, I'm kind of bored with it, though. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I actually like the one that we did for the Misty Snow Podcast that we did the the Misty K Snow Podcast, the Snow Snowstorm, Storm. Snow Report, whatever the fuck we called it. I liked that one better than this one. And I think that one was actually in our original running, the one that I used for the uh-huh. CK Snow. But we voted on this one, apparently. And it stuck. Yeah, I just, I don't know that I like it. I don't know that it fits quite so well. And it's just some random dude that makes cool free music. And Ben Sound, by the way, for those of you that are curious, we put it in all of our notes for our shows. But uh, um, it's a really good little site bensound.com if you need just little bitty bits of music thanks ben thanks for your sound yeah yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool little thing he does <laughs> um but we're hopefully gonna get a new one i don't know just claims it i've heard some quick samples some good stuff we'll see everybody just needs to make a decision so i need harpsichord music can you get a harpsichord player a local harpsichord, harpsichord player chords. It's not really us. I don't Local harpsichord. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there is. <laughs> Jeremy, did I see your vote? Did nope. you vote on? I've not voted no. yet. No vote. Friggin' loser. Did you even fucking listen to him? That's it. <laughs> I will. So that is Jeremy. He is back with us this week. I'm um, back and alive. Um, after all the bee stings. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, it was really a tragic thing. Just kidding. <laughs> but the bees are doing well, right? Bees do. So, despite the scare, so the day before I pick them up, we have what two, three inches of snow. Okay. So I, yeah, I yeah. was legitimately worried. But no, got them picked up. Uh, got them put in the hive. Checked it. Four days later, Queen was out, found the Queen, saw the Queen. She's in there, so we are on our way. Did you see the Queen or did you just see her chamber? No, I saw the Queen. Uh, it wasn't a, quite built yet. Didn't you see, like, ba- didn't you say you saw babies and stuff? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. So this, whoever, so I get the, I get my bees through IFA, and whoever they got them through actually tagged the Queen. So this is the first Queen that I've ever had that's tagged, How meaning tag they put them? a dot on her back. Oh. So you can actually So tell. you can actually see her. So she's got a yellow dot. So I actually legitimately saw she her. She got like a glow in the dark dot on her. <laughs> so I was out. So I I planted finally this, this last weekend. Squashes. Um, Brie finished weeding the finite details of the bed that, that I didn't want to finish. And pulled um, all the little rocks out. It's true. It's true. Uh, and so I planted my squash. Um, some different stuff. I've. Thank you for telling me not to put watermelon near squash. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I didn't really think about cross-pollination. Yeah, um, and then you end up with Frank and crazy. And I, as I was planting, there was a gigantic ass bee. Like, that thing was probably two inches long. It was not two inches long. <laughs> it was freaking huge. <laughs> and it was definitely a bee. Was it, it a wasn't. bumblebee? You had to put chopper inside so it didn't take Usually off. Usually, nah. bumblebees. I mean, it was are close. It was like fatties. I think it was like a foot wide. So oh. I mean, it was. 
<laughs> By the end of the podcast, it will be a mile big. Yeah, haven't you seen Attack of the Killer Bee? Singular, one bee. Attack of the Killer Bee. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how the squash goes. It was probably like that big. Yeah, it was big. <laughs> um, it was probably a bumble. But also uh, in our, we moved some of the rock, like the big rocks that were in that garden bed. Um, and we lifted up one and uh, I should say I lifted up one. And then he ran like a baby. I didn't run like a baby, but I was like, I'm not fucking touching this thing again. He's like, can you please it move this rock? It was covered in ants. <laughs> and you could actually see like the ant colony had dug tunnels underneath the edge of the rock. So you could actually see all their tunnel work oh, from crazy. the dirt. I mean, obviously, there's more tunnels underground, but so I'm like, uh, you're going to move that rock, Brie, and I'm going to go get the the cream cream of wheat. (laughs) Doesn't cinnamon, isn't cinnamon another one? Salt, coffee. Cream of wheat, they take down and it expands in their little tummies. Salt salt and coffee does too. And if you listen real closely, you can hear the fireworks. That's like... So I... (laughs) I brushed off the... I brushed off the rock and I moved it to another place in my yard where... They the hope is they take thrive. it down to the queen and feed her, and she goes, Pop, and then everything dies. I um, like that. That was like the background. To but it speaking is. <laughs> for a minute. It is. It is ant season. Uh, I saw a couple ants in our bathroom where I don't know how they really? get in there, but in yeah, our downstairs bathroom, you. they, there we get ants every once in a while, and like the cats in the laundry room where we feed the cats so the dogs can't get their food. Um, a lot of times there'll be ants if there's food that topples onto the floor. We'll see ants around it, but uh, not not any of those yet but it is ant season so and we cleaned out the storage room sort phase of. one. Oh, so getting closer one. getting closer I'm, un- I'm unhappy with the way it exists though so i'm moving some things around still but it's it's uh more organized uh we still need to get some shelving in there some more shelving but uh, is it ever going to become the new utah podcast studio perhaps 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 my goal was for the first episode but i just don't think it's gonna for the first episode of the new year of the, oh, of the, of the new, new year. of the but new it's gonna say that's long past that ship has sailed yeah that was a year ago baby but i just <laughs> i don't i don't think i'm gonna have it ready in time because we're gonna try but we'll that's okay a for effort yay um i got rid of a lot of stuff she did she did to the point where i don't think i'll ever go through that stuff again like i think that i'm i think i'm down to All the, the bare baskets are gone yeah, right. No. Get rid of one basket. <laughs> I'm like, you really Talking don't... about the baby clothes. So I was like, is, yeah, I don't I need gotta, this anymore. I got to tell you about the baskets. So she's like, all right, just put these. This box is probably good to hold the baskets in. I'm like, you know. Well, you... I have a great big bin, and then so, I needed. But I don't know about the bin necessarily at this point. Yes, you do. So I, I'm like, oh, you really don't have that many baskets. And then she's like, well, you know that bin that they're sitting on? That big, gigantic gray tub? I'm like, yeah. She's like. That's full of baskets. <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt really guilty because, like, he's like, okay, well, that that's not so bad. Like, because I have, like, a Moses basket. That takes up a lot of room. You got to put a baby in it. Well, yeah, so it's big. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so I put it in this box and with a couple other baskets. And Chris is like, okay, that that's not so bad. And I was like, no, it's not so bad. <clears throat> and then I finished moving something else. And, and there was a whole other basket full of baskets. So I was like, um, I found Maybe this needs to be the year of basket gifts. No. Yeah. She practices underwater basket weaving. What I what I told him some at home if you'd like. What I what I told him is that we need to put like some shelves like up against like up on the wall. To put baskets on? And then I would just put the baskets up there and we could get rid of the tote that they're in, which takes up a ton of room. Yeah. 
as opposed to the baskets, which are the most unwieldy freaking yeah, thing. Yeah, baskets on the planet. are they're not stackable. They don't, they don't stack. They don't. These are not nesting. They baskets. just take up giant they're amounts of space. Do you do much with these baskets? Well, I can't because I can't get to them. Because she can't see them. They're in a tote full of other or baskets. They're in a, or they're in a bag so that, that they don't get down, ruined. That's sealed down with tape because the lid won't stay on otherwise. Well, because the bin actually used to be something for the girls, and they would they would get inside of it and they stretched it out. So yeah, it's a big bin. The lid doesn't close mm. on it, so this time I like taped it closed so that it stays shut. So, this is basket talk. All baskets, all day. Yeah, yeah. So I my... have a problem, okay? <laughs> and so then he gets me all excited. He's like, "Yeah, you cleaned out the storage room. Once it gets all organized, I'll let you get a couple of baskets out of your collection." <laughs> That's true. What? You know, Chris, you could just sneak down and pull some out and give it to us. No, I, I no. do. I know what's in there. If, if if he handed me one, I would know that it was mine. I just don't think about it when I'm doing something. Only because it would be covered in a lot of dust. From no, it wouldn't. Years. They're not dusty. <laughs> They're sealed in the tote or in a bag. Um, but yeah, so that was good. Um, you know, our daughter's been home for a couple weeks. Still jobless? Uh, two weeks. No, no, no. She came oh. home. She came home to uh, a job. She came home to a job. She actually came up the week before to nice. interview and got the job. Good. Good for her. Um, so she's she's been home. She's been working. She's been working for almost a full week now. The younger daughter has an interview on Friday for a job. Very so we nice. got to get her driving. So finally, she'll actually understand what it means to work for a living <laughs> um, and understand where money and comes from. And ironically, it might be a shoe store, which is her sister started working in a shoe store. Yeah, so lots of fun stuff. Jess, did you? I know you did something this weekend. You had she to. did lots of things. Do you not follow her? Jess place? always does things followed by stuff. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to the Tulip Festival. I went to an antique show. I didn't um, know that the bathtub thing was at the Tulip Festival. Or was that just you posting pictures of outdoor bathtub fountains? No, that was at the Tulip. That's at the Tulip Festival. That's in the gardens at Thanksgiving Point. It's called the Italian Garden. Well, then. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Uh, Yes. <laughs> and I went to a very elitist party in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of really cool people. It was an underground party. Because you're an elitist. I guess. Were there kegs? I was, I was a guest. There were chickens. Were there kegs? There were no kegs. Drugs? No drugs. That I know of. What kind of party was this? It was. Was it, it was a key party, Jess? Called key party. no, no. It was called Myth, uh, Misfits Mormon Party, and it was held at a very famous polygamist home in Utah. And it was a bunch of people who are uh, no longer part of the church, uh, no longer part of uh, FLDS church. Uh, just a lot of people with a lot of same ideas and conversations. Cool. That was cool. cool. You went to Harriet's Tupperware party. Oh, I yeah. Did. How was Harriet's Tupperware party? Um, it was a little disappointing. I felt really sad because a lot of people said they were going to come and didn't show up. Harriet gives a really great presentation, so I don't think it mattered how many people showed up, and she still sells tons of Tupperware. So That's pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty it cool. was. Uh, yeah, if, if anything, her presentation alone is worth hosting a party so <laughs> it's awesome uh all right then um so we have got a long interview today with uh um i don't 
Tammy, Tammy Stagel. Stagel, aka I, Ruby Snap. Yeah, I was I knew Ruby Snap, and and I couldn't remember Tammy's first name, but she's amazing. As are her cookies. God, they are so good. Her baked goods. I'm really pissed that we talked about cookies for an hour, though. I know I should have gone and picked some up and and brought them. To be clear, I could have picked uh, them up at lunch. As Sorry. you listen to this, um, it's seven seventy South, three hundred West. Uh, you just just start driving now because no. by the time you get to the interview, you're gonna need one of the cookies. Yeah, for sure. I so. still open until six. No, I mean start driving now because people. Will see no, I know. I'm just like letting. I'm just saying so she's only six. open until yeah. six. Just plan on making a trip down there because you're gonna want one of these cookies. But you know, she talked about tons of her cookies. It was awesome. Yeah, it was like a flurry of names yeah. and descriptions, and my belly's just hungry. Uh, so anyway, so that's coming up. Uh, but let's talk about events. What's going on this week, Jess? Let me start. I'm going to talk about Real Salt Lake. <laughs> because we went to the game against Dallas this last weekend. Uh, and we got our asses kicked. The game that made us cry. Yeah. Really that stupid. bad, huh? Ah, it was terrible. It's just horrendous. And so, nah, I'm not going to get into it. not going to get into it. I was going to talk about the stupid Javier Morales doll, but I'm not going to get into it. Like a booty so, doll? So you see my bobbleheads right there behind you? Kyle Beckerman, Nick Romando bobbleheads? Yes. So they did a Javier Morales bobblehead. Well, when they did it, this was like two years ago. Was it two? Maybe it was three. Uh, anyway, so they did a bobblehead uh, for Javier Morales, and it was a gift. So those are both season ticket holder gifts. Uh, actually, one of them was a gift to the first 5,000 one year. Anyway, but the Javier Morales was a season ticket holder gift. As a season ticket holder, you get a different gift each year just as a thank you. And that was the one produced for season ticket holders that year. Well, they limited it to one per account. So if you have two seats, you get one. If you have one seat, you get one. If you have 10 seats, you get one. Fans were pissed because you pay. I mean, I get one thing. I have 10 seats. I get one thing you know, that's kind of lame. What am I going to do with the one season ticket holder gift? What about the other nine people that are in my group? Cause they may not just be my kids. Right. Um, so they did a thing a little bit later that year. It's kind of a PR move with their season ticket holders. They're like, okay, well we're going to, we have some extras. So we're going to do like, if you have three seats, you get two or I don't remember what it was the breakdown. So anyway, then they offer them up, Again, to season ticket holders, when you go pick up your season tickets for something, I don't remember what, you could get one. And now at this game, they were just giving them out to everyone. If you <laughs> bought tickets to the game, you got one of them. So I'm like, what? So they've clearly had a shit ton of these things. And they were like, we've got to freaking fire sell the stock of these because Javier Morales doesn't play for Real Salt Lake anymore. This, like this last weekend, may have been the last time that he's actually in that stadium in a playing capacity, but he didn't even get on the field. So. Hmm. So I wasn't going to get into it, but uh, I did anyway. So <laughs> RSL is doing pretty abysmal. We traveled to New England this weekend. And then uh, you have a game midweek. Yeah, then we have a game on Wednesday um, next week. So um, that is coming up. There's still tickets available, I'm sure, uh, because RSL is doing really shitty. Um, but the Jazz are out of the playoffs, so perhaps maybe more people will buy RSL like tickets. The game, the weather for the game was fantastic. It was absolutely beautiful. Uh, so that's always fun and typically weekday games. So next Wednesday's game, they're a little bit less attended, uh, simply because they're in the middle of the week. So, um, you'll be able to get tickets, I think. So get them. 
Anyway, sorry, Jess. Do some events. <laughs> You're not sorry. <laughs> you should interrupt sorry, her again real sorry. quick because you usually do. <laughs> uh, it is Mother's Day this weekend. What? Yeah, so a couple of really, well, one really cool event that besides all the brunches and all the things that will be going on, uh, Melinda over at Time and Place is hosting with Beehive Floral, a pop-up shop on the 13th and 14th where you can make a beautiful bouquet for your mother for $35. It's awesome. Um, her shop is on 9th South and uh, just west of 4th East. I apologize. I don't have the exact address. I'll get it posted. Uh, also coming up this weekend, we have a local author, Eliza Crosby's book release, her eyeball mysteries. Uh, it's awesome kids book. It's going to be a great kids event. So if you're looking for something to do on the 13th in Taylorsville from four to seven is her release. And that's at 1515 West 6580 South. Also on the 13th is the Provo Rec cake fight. Remember we talked about that last weekend? All right, so I, I got to talk about this. I'm going to interrupt weekend. you. Last week. So we did talk about it last week, and actually one of the stories that I printed up this week is specifically about the Provo Rec Center. That's fantastic. So, uh, and I, I wonder if it's not related because the Provo Rec Center has been doing a birthday party every single day for this donor. So what, what has happened in, in Provo? So they have this really freaking cool swimming pool. And there is a dude down in Provo who has been – up to this point, not he's not anymore, but he has been an anonymous donor um, for the Provo Rec Center. And what he's been doing is basically paying the way for kids in grades three through six down in Provo to get to take field trips to the rec center. Um, he's doing a, basically a group every day. Um, they they said it's just been absolutely magnificent because. Going to a rec center costs money, even for school kids. You know, it's there's even if it's a small fee, even if it's two, three dollars, that's cost prohibitive for a lot of people, for a lot of families. Um, I think it's closer to five. Yeah, it? and it's I think it's a lot more than that. Yeah, I think it's closer to five. It didn't really specify in here, but um, so this this guy has been donating money for these kids to be able to go, uh, and they kind of kept him. Uh, out of the limelight, but his wife has kind of spilled the beans. And well, so, no, people had figured it out and were calling them, and she was like, if you're not going to be anonymous, you might as well just come out and... Yeah, so his name is... Uh, what's his name? It's something Beckham, right? I don't think so. Yeah, Scott Henderson? No, that's no. the Provo guy. That's the It's something Beckham. I can't... Ray Beckham. Oh, yeah, you're so right. So he's, a, he's, a lo- he's actually a long-time communications professor at BYU, um, and he helped plan the rec center and, and get uh, the bond passed for the rec center when it was built. Um, but he's turning 90. And they have literally had a birthday party every single day in his honor. This made me cry when I read it. So as part of the gift, the rec center has been holding birthday parties every day in his honor. The kids are called in from the pool, the basketball courts, wherever they may be to enjoy cookies, uh, leave impressions of their fingerprints on a poster as a way of saying things. I don't want to take away from that story, but this cake party is actually for the fourth birthday party at the rec center. Sorry. If you had listened to events last week, he finally stopped by saying, for one of the parties, related. though, and they all sing happy birthday. <laughs> I'm sure really cool. that they will also be celebrating. That's cool. As it's, well. it's just a really cool story. I really it liked is. it. 
Do I keep going? Yes, please. No, nah, you're done with events. Let's move on to news. <laughs> <laughs> of course we want you to get you're going. You're such a dick. Uh, the 16th Annual Utah Restaurant Association Awards is uh, this weekend. If you want to go, it is very expensive. It's $100. Uh, if you want a sponsor table, it's $1,200. But mm. it is um, celebrating uh, 30 years of restaurant restaurant in Utah. And it's held at the Grand America. Something really cool about this, they just had a competition last weekend at Southtown to put in a new uh, food vendor in their food court. And that will be announced um, at well, this cool. restaurant. At Southtown uh, Mall? Uh-huh. Oh. Yep. Yeah, because they've done a bunch of remodeling. And, yes, and so have. not only are, uh, are they picking somebody, but they are offering six months of free rent and I believe a $50,000 um build out budget or yeah. something that's yeah, freaking so awesome. really cool that's pretty cool yeah um the we talked about last week the half to halloween at fear factory which you are totally excited about chris and then a cool event that i would like to go to vortex fireworks artists are doing a firework safety workshop to be 18 or up on the 13th and basically the description said the ins and out of pu- be a pyrotechnician. I said, count me in. So, so <laughs> when, when I say pyrotechnician, they mean actual fireworks that go up in the air, so, or do they mean fire dancing? No. So they are talking about, uh, they're going to talk about building what it takes to build the big firework displays. So, yeah. We have a couple of firework making companies here in Utah. It's pretty uh, awesome. We do, and I won't be attending. I hate fireworks. I know. I don't, though. So. It's it's <laughs> that time of year again, by the way. It's... Uh, Slowly taking over my days. I know. So it's at 1201 uh, Colonel Road in Salt Lake, and that's from 10 to 1. And that should be pretty pretty fun. Uh, Next week, some events that are happening. Zubru starting up. I am warning you ahead of time. These do sell out. There are a limited number of tickets, so you can go drink with the animals. Be an animal. I don't know. Have they announced who, what uh, breweries or... Oh, I didn't see. I honestly can't say that I it looked, doesn't but they're all good. Yeah, just mostly. go. Um, you can call 801-584-1750 or go to hogelzoo.org. Again, they do this once a month and it sells out really, really fast. Um, also, next week is well, the, when you can get drunk with a monkey, you could. Yes. Uh, Drink next to a rhino's ass. <laughs> you can do that too. Do shots off a hippo? Uh, I know. No, okay. no drinking with the polar bear, though. Uh, well, that's true. He died. That's sad. Uh, Maybe he drank too much. <laughs> that's insensitive. We're being dicks. The Lantern Festival is <laughs> next weekend, too. Jess is a true professional. If she just you, keeps going. She just plows right <laughs> through. <laughs> <She's right laughs> if, you, if you want a really cool experience, uh, head out to the Twilla Motorsports Campus. And it starts at sundown. They'll have uh, music and events and things. And then you... Light a really cool lantern and you send it off into the sky. Generally, with something that you're, there's a meaning behind all of and it. And you don't so. have to worry about starting a forest fire because Tooele has nothing but dirt. Yes, uh, I have one more cool event, you guys. Our buddy Jen over at Mountain West, uh, they're getting ready to release a new cider. Mm. It's called. They're doing an event on the 24th from five to eight at their space there on Fourth West and Fourth North. Fourth North. Uh, it's going to be called Desolation Prickly Pear because we know that all of their ciders Prickly are named pear. after Utah Canyons. 
And so uh, Desolation pear. is the name of that one. So it's a prickly pear-based cider? Yes. Oh and God, uh, $5 so per drink ticket, minimum, maximum, two per person. Sorry. Um, yeah, from five to eight. So I'll have to get in touch with her. And mm, prickly pear We need her on the show to talk about that. I bet that's good. Prickly pear is such a great flavor. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Is it like is it Balsam Farms that makes the different juices? Oh um, yeah. So they made a they make a prickly pear lemonade that is out of this world. Nice. I have a uh, interesting event. One more, sorry, uh, that is going on the twentieth down by me in Saratoga Springs. There's a new restaurant that is Southern flair, and by Southern I mean like Louisiana, called Chubby's, and they are Cajun. having a crawfish boil. They are flying in hundreds of live crawfish from Louisiana. It is either one pound or two pound platters. It starts ten bucks, and they are going. I'm not going because they're going to have live alligator, but they're going to have <laughs> reptiles. They're going to have live alligator or cooked alligator. No, they're having li- like they're having rep- like live. the reptile people are coming. Wow. It'll be um, live at the beginning of the event. You'll yeah. be eating it by the end. They like you, you're eaten. going to pet an alligator and then you're going to eat the tail. Later. No. It's crawfish boil, not alligator boil. Then why the hell are they bringing alligators? Because it's southern. It's southern. So- it's Louisiana. It's crawfish. <laughs> Bake, you weirdo. I'm done. <laughs> it's southern, so there's alligators. It doesn't make sense. That's where they're at. Alligators do swim around swamps of Louisiana. They don't live in Utah. Except at that's the zoo and with the reptile people, and that's where they should and stay. And in the sewers, right? No. The giant ones? That's, no. in, that's no. only in New York. No, they're not in New York either. <laughs> no. I think, I think I'm sensing that Jess has a fear of to, alligators. To be fair, they're mostly in Florida, and no one should go to Florida anyway. There's nothing good they there. They have them in Louisiana. That's some. Not nearly as they're many still as there. Florida. They're still there. It doesn't matter. Oh, my God. You just yeah. always have to push being right. But crawfish are good. Yeah. It looks like, delicious. I like crawfish. So are they going to be like straight up Cajun restaurant? Like be able That's to what get they are. crawfish at the fay and stuff like that there? Because even the no, body, this is, I don't this even is think a limited. This is a limited event. This is. So it. are they going to, but they're going to no, normally No, they're a restaurant. Of, they've been open serve. for quite a few months. So it's a Cajun mm-hmm. restaurant? Have yep. you been there? No. I always forget that it's there. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to I'm very it. directive in my eating, it's so... It's so out of the way is the problem. Like, I would basically have to come see you in order to want to go there. That would be horrible, wouldn't it? Well, I don't want to meet your roommates. I hear they're weird. They're not weird. They're actually super awesome. Roommate party? You don't ever talk about them. Do you just not interact with them? Mm-mm, not really. Well, that's what makes we an awesome sliver, Live our own little lives. We see them in passing. What in the hell are you doing with the microphone, Brie? That's what we always tell our guests to do is kiss the mic. So she's kissing the mic. I'm just pushing on You don't know where that muff's been. She does, actually. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about some news because we do have kind of an abbreviated news segment. Um, So there is so much to talk about. Holy shit. This is abbreviated, by the way. And then Chris says, so much to talk about. It really is. We're, we're probably going to have to jettison some along the way. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of hit the high points. Um, so legislative session happened. 
now basically this week is when a whole bunch of laws go into effect. So starting as we record this today, um, this is Tuesday, so Wednesday, the, a lot of new laws are starting to go into effect, if not in whole, then in part. So one of them is, uh, one of them is, uh, the liquor laws. So a lot of the changes to the liquor laws, the 0.05 is still a year and a half out, basically December 30th, 2018. Um, but the new law requiring signage postage, signage, which, uh, Bree loves the, uh, the signage that says, Premises. It doesn't say premises. It says premise. Everything that they have posted is says premise. Yeah. The definition of premise is like the basis of something. I a premises is a property. I should not have brought it up. Fucking stupid. <laughs> so anyway. Our legislature is so stupid. They made up a stupid, stupid law and then they put stupid, stupid words that don't mean what they think that they are. So now mean. when you you're. Using that word, when you're. I think it means what you think it means. Yeah, now when much. you're a dumbass Mormon legislature in the state of Utah and you don't understand the difference between a restaurant and a bar, it is clearly marked when you walk into an you know establishment. What? Even the restaurants and the this bars can't restaurant. figure out what they're supposed this is a bar. to post though. I mean. What they post is what kind of license they have. It's not but that it's hard. Just, you either have a restaurant license or a bar But it's stupid license. because some restaurants have bars in them. Yep. And so in the bar section, like at Market Street down in Cottonwood. Yeah, the so bars, the, the bar side bar. has yeah, this as a bar. That's so unusual. Like the, the Market If a restaurant Street, has a bar inside of it and it does not have a bar license, it is a restaurant. I know. But Period. that's dumb. So like, what's the point? So Chili's is a restaurant. They I do know, not have a but bar But they license. have a bar in it. But they don't have a bar I know, license. but, it, uh, but so that's So I guess the bottom line is, though, can you still order a drink? <laughs> well, so starting today on the weekend, you can order drinks at 1030 in a restaurant on a. a Saturday or Sunday, only on the weekend, still 1130 on the weekdays at a bar. They can start serving at 10. So, for instance, and this is this is actually a good thing that they pulled this back an hour. It seems kind of stupid, but brunch restaurants that serve brunch cannot serve alcohol with brunch until 1130. We in the got up and walked uh, out of we Market walked out Street of the restaurant side of Market and walked Street over to the oyster bar over to the bar side with our kids because well, you want a mimosa or because something. we wanted a mimosa and Bloody Mary's and Irish coffees and the type of shit that you drink with brunch because you know grown-ups like to drink with brunch why not have a drink it's fine. Uh, so anyway, so that changes. Uh, the Zion Curtain stuff goes into effect. So now there's they have to have the stupid wall, the moat, the all that bullshit is is now into effect. So restaurants actually have until 2022 to comply with that before they will begin to lose their licenses. So did you guys talk about last week at Lamb's Grills? We did not. Um, They've been closed for a month now, haven't they? Yeah, Lamb's Grill. Did we have to, about it a while ago. Yeah, they we? did have to close. Um, we've talked about it before. They were really worried about what it would ha- what would happen. They got the huge fine. They lost their liquor license. They had to then comply with the Zion Curtain, which they couldn't. I only bring that design. up because that's a sad example of how. This yeah, I mean, it really destroyed a long-standing business. It was. It's just terrible. That Haven't they been in business like ninety years, eighty years, some some like a long time? Yeah, it was a long time. It was a long, long time. Anyway, sad, sad time. Um, I just want to know who's going to enforce this panhandling bill. Well, I've already seen people panhandling today, and it was not being enforced. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, really, the one thing to keep in mind is I'll even though these things it. go into effect, they, they still have, just because they're in effect, they've had two, maybe three months in some cases, uh, less than in others, to figure out enforcement. Well, and I so, feel like the people who are panhandling are probably not reading about laws. Uh, they probably don't know. So they, they, one, they don't give a shit because what's going to happen? Oh, they're going to get a ticket or they're going to get taken to jail, at which point the county jail will say, yeah, this isn't an offense that we can go ahead and book them for, so you have to let them go and get them a ticket. 
So uh, give them a ticket, and what are they going to do? Yeah, go why back. don't you mail that to me? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, basically, I don't know <laughs> that it's... underpass. Oh, wait. I, I don't know that either. it's going to do a whole lot. What it does do is give the, 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 the police the authority to remove them from that area right. and go put them somewhere else. So they can take them down to Rio Grande. There you uh, go. Where, you know, <laughs> fucking... So anyway... It is an attempt to get around the multiple attempts that have all been found unconstitutional because they're voicing this as a safety concern now. It um, is. It is definitely a safety concern, but they're also booting out, you know, the the firefighters that, that do the boot stuff and whatever else happens at intersections. So anyway, so um, the well, honestly, they're probably not all that safe there either. I mean, they're walking in between cars and stuff. And while I. I applaud that, and I've donated to the boot and stuff. Like, that's probably not the best place to be. What if you're walking between cars? Last year, the firefighters in our area just went to the Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that happened. The, uh, no promo homo. No promo Mm -hmm. homo, obviously, is going into effect now, which is fantastic. Um, HB, uh, which one? Was, I don't remember. The one that changed the liquor prices. That'll go into effect in July, actually. That one's the um, same one as the the one that did, yeah, it's all requires part of that the big giant piece of bullshit legislation. Uh, polygamy is now worded differently, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. Let those people have their thing. I don't really care. Um, Abortion has become oh even dumber in Salt Lake uh, in Utah in general. HB one forty one. Uh, has a whole bunch of new regulations in terms of what education must be provided. People, as a result of Senate Bill 185, now have uh, pornography, the capability to sue pornographers because, uh, you know, the public health crisis in Utah. Damage to minors. And you I would can like seek, to see how that goes down. You can seek reimbursement <laughs> for any therapy expenses due to <laughs> pornography. Yeah, yeah. So, also, did you know now if you're 18, 19, or 20... <laughs> nobody can see you putting your head against the mic i know i know uh also if you're 18 19 or 20 you're required to wear a helmet on a motorcycle but you can go get your concealed carry permit because you know you can do it at the same time women on on college campuses this is what was used to get this bill passed women on college campuses need to protect themselves so they can conceal carry because, you know, that that's the answer. Hey, Having a gun in your purse is going to stop a rapist. Why don't you just make people not rape? Yeah, why don't you just fucking enforce sexual assault laws that exist and not already? People feel, not make people so anyway. who are victims feel like it's their fault that they were raped. So we also had uh, the spiral jetty and stuff is now an official state work of art. <laughs> You know, that kind of crap. But speaking of awesome state monuments, so Utah... Utah has, we talk about it all the time. You'll, you'll hear our guest talk about it again today, uh, in terms of w- what she thinks is some of the most, her one thing, I guess I should say, uh, some of the most beautiful land in, in Utah. We've talked about Sometimes it. Sometimes I wonder if our guests feel obligated to name that as their one thing, because it's such a part of Utah. I mean, it is. Well, so it is such a part of Utah. Utah has, Utah has, is it 13 now national parks? And, and monuments, right? It's not national all national monuments. parks. National parks and monuments, yeah. So, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to read them off and we can come back and talk about them a little bit because we're going to talk about this for, for, for quite a bit. So you've got Cedar Breaks National Monument. You've got Zion National Park. You've got Capitol Reef National Park. You've got Rainbow Bridge 
uh, National Monument, National Bridges National Monument, Dinosaur National Monument, Zion National Park, um, Bryce Canyon, Arches, Timpanogos Cave. By the way, that's a national monument in case you didn't know. It's freaking Actually, awesome, too. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's a freaking awesome cave. It's really cool. Uh, Hub and Weep National Monument, which... Oh, Hovenweep, I think is how you say it. I actually did not know about that one. Grand Escalantes and now Bears Ears. So we have a lot of national parks and national monuments. It is a an enormous, enormous business, especially well, in southern Utah. That's why the film industry likes coming to Utah, because in the space of a, a three or four hour trip in the car, you can film under various conditions, weather. There's parts of Utah that look like it's straight out of the 50s. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much that you can see and do here in such a short span of time. So it's really cool. We'll have to do, like, a film a film episode of all the cool stuff that's been filmed <laughs> here. Movies yeah, that we should. That's a, that's a really good idea. You should write that down. Good so thing I did, like, nine months ago, and it's been sitting in my email. Whoa. So it's about time to birth that baby. <laughs> Sounds like... <laughs> Jess is birthing a baby. Um, so anyway, a so maybe, and, and 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 if it's any question as to how popular this stuff is, we're breaking records year after year after year in terms of tourist visitation. Like Zion National Park has so many visitors that they're having to limit who can be in the park because it's that popular. Um, was, the, even when like, you guys were there in the off season, it was packed. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were there the first week they opened up the the actual shuttle, and it was still there were a ton of people there. It was really busy. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. Now there is some question as to how much of an impact that has on the economies down there. One thing I can tell you for sure that I know, it makes a lot of those economies, especially in some of the smaller towns like Moab, very seasonal. So basically, from March until October-ish, they have a lot of people, and then from October to you know March, everyone's done. A lot of restaurants close down, hotels reduce staff, because there's just no tourism in the colder months of the, of the winter in a lot of those areas. Good news is a lot of it's in southern Utah, so you have much longer seasons, um, but, but ultimately, they are kind of seasonal jobs, so it is kind of hard to keep them filled, uh, and so in the off-season, they have unemployment rates, you know, in 6 7% area in some of those towns. But what other jobs are they going to have? Mining? Well, yeah, that's exactly. But but I don't know that those jobs are going to make up the difference. No, but that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying that there's there's ability to to put some coal mining and things like that. Coal and and oil. And that that would provide year-round jobs. Well, yeah, it sure would. It would sure destroy the land there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... So the reason I, I bring this up um, is because the Secretary of the Interior, uh, Robert Zink, is it? No, it's Ryan. Ryan, Ryan Zinke. I can't remember his, his first name. Anyway, Secretary Zinke uh, has, is in Utah right now. Um, he is touring, in particular, Bears Ears, the Grand Escalantes, but he's actually looking at all of them because of the executive order signed by Donald Trump last week, basically saying, hey, 
We need to look at the Antiquities Act. We need to look at all the monuments that have been designated in the last 20 years. Basically, all the monuments, Demo- you know, Democrats have, have yeah, because Republicans assigned, aren't doing that shit. <laughs> you know, between Clinton and Obama, uh, and and identify them. So in Utah, there are two in particular that have 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 been very hotly contested and hotly debated, uh, and that is Bears Ears most recently, and then Grand Escalante still has a lot of people pissed off because of its size and because of its designation to begin with, um, because that was not popular at all when Clinton did that, and a lot of it stems from oil and and gas and other mining that could go on uh, along with ranchers um you know BLM lands and this is what pisses me off ranchers use them for basically nothing it costs them almost nothing to have their cattle walk on these lands graze on these lands and fucking ruin the land in a lot of cases because cattle are pretty harsh on on grass and and stuff like that right so anyway he was met by a lot of protest I wouldn't be surprised well, if Trump you know, put our, his face on Rushmore. And our lovely hatch, you know, <laughs> calling the Native Americans Indians and telling them that they were coerced and don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that they're not smart enough to, to figure stuff out. He said that they out. may not understand how a monument designation would restrict their ac- activities. And the Diné people were highly offended because, you Basically, know, they, he said they're too stupid to understand yeah. things. Like they don't like they haven't been trying to do this for years. Like the fact that they were lobbying decades. for it. Uh, I mean, they literally didn't learn about it. The yeah, whole decades they've been trying to get this stuff, you know, protected so that people can't go out there and dig up artifacts and and shit all over religious lands for them. So, it. I mean, look, let's be honest. We've we've pretty much shit all over the Native American population in this country since the beginning of the country. I like the, there was a comment um, from one of our legislators that said something like, my family's been here a hundred years. And I thought, yeah, and the Native Americans have been here forever. So what's your point? Take your hundred years and stick it up your ass. (laughs) They still have dibs. No flag, no country. (laughs) Ask England about that. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so it's a big deal. Uh, He's been flying over. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, it's never happened in the history of the country, but um, lots you know, of things have never happened. The in last the time of the, the the president fired the head of some major organization like the FBI uh, was back in the Watergate what? years when Nixon fired oh, the special the prosecutor. Would never do that. Uh, so that just happened today. Um, so yeah, uh, and speaking of of parks, Antelope Island. We talked about Antelope Island a couple weeks ago. Who was it that that wanted to tell people to go out there? Dash. Dash. Yeah, it was Dash. So uh, if you go out there, just be prepared for biting gnats because they have a big gnat problem out on Antelope Island right now for some reason. Just go after July. Doesn't it say so, that after July they won't be here? I'm sure yeah, it's the, the time I, of year that they, they, they hatch this time of year and they're crazy for a few months. Well, later. it's because there's it's because of all the water. It's, you know, it's wetlands out there. Uh, you're, you're in the middle of wetlands and that's how gnats live. And so once that starts to dry up, the population kind of dies down. Uh, but they do bite. Bug spray doesn't seem to work. They do recommend if you go out there to wear long sleeves and uh, mesh nets, basically. Fine mesh but nets. But not mosquito ones because they're, they're too small. Yeah, gnats are much smaller than that. So um, kind of interesting. Uh, so speaking of crazy shit that's going on, um, this is worth mentioning. It's not necessarily Utah specific. But the House did just pass a bill that can affect overtime pay uh, in Congress. Um, didn't? Who was it that sponsored this? I don't remember. 
Well, it wasn't. I don't remember, but we there was a similar one sponsored by one of our uh, representative Martha Roby of Alabama, but that Senator Lee has introduced similar bills. Okay, yeah, so he's he's done a few of these similarly in the Senate, Um, but basically the the legislation would allow employers to not pay overtime pay to their employees and instead give them essentially give them comp hours um but that's the that would be the employer's decision um and it's basically total bullshit so that what they could do is go okay well i need you to work overtime you have mandatory overtime and for that extra 10 hours you work this week in 3 weeks i'll let you have a day off like that's the kind of bullshit well, and, that goes on and i don't they didn't mention this that i remember reading in the article but for some people, in order to work overtime, they have to have a babysitter watch their kids overtime, oh, yeah. which means that they have to pay. They can't. They can't tell their babysitter. <laughs> I'll give you I'm gonna give you week. when I have a day off in a month. I just won't come, and but I'll still like pay you as if I worked that day. So now they're having to still pay babysitting fees but they're not actually getting reimbursed yeah, it, for it it goes beyond that so there i know but i mean so that's just another drawback. labor laws in this country were developed specifically to stop this kind of bullshit from happening stop children from working in factories and getting their fucking arms cut off because they didn't know how to work on the equipment they're working on um unions exist because of this kind of bullshit because employers will take every way they can to fuck you and not all do that a lot of small businesses are very nice, very good to their employees. But Utah, let's take, for example, Utah. In Utah, minimum wage for a waiter or waitress is typically like two, I think it's like two dollars and fifteen cents an 213. hour. Two thirteen. So I was really close, just off the top of my head. So two dollars and thirteen cents an hour for a waiter or waitress. Now, there is a law that basically says if they don't make at least minimum wage with their tips, the employer is supposed to compensate them up to at least normal minimum wage, which is $7.25 an hour now. But instead, what they do is pay them $2.13 an hour. Not all of them do, but some assholes do. So now they are basically just working for tips. Like, there's the $2 doesn't even fucking cover payroll taxes at the end of the day if they report all their tips. So... Which they have to because the employer has to show that they're making at least minimum wage. Now, nice businesses pay their waiters and waitresses a livable wage. They pay them ten, twelve, thirteen dollars an hour. That's no one here in Utah. But if they have the ability to not do that, the vast majority of them will not pay them that. They will pay them the bare minimum. And they'll get the people to work because college kids gotta have jobs. Yep. Right? I mean that's what it boils down to sometimes. So uh, that really pisses me off, and I, I hope to God it doesn't get through the Senate and, and, and get up to the president's desk, because Trump, who has a history of not paying his <laughs> different contractors, will probably sign that bullshit. I like the comment that you made earlier. This is probably the first time Trump's played all of his employees. It's kind of he doesn't have yeah. a choice because yeah. he's not really the one paying them. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of stuff on Capitol Hill, uh, our douchebag senators, Hatch and Lee, will probably play big key roles in overhauling the health care law. So... If you've been living under a rock, the Affordable Health, the Affordable Care Act has now been essentially repealed, according to the House. Did you hear what the Idaho, the Republican Idaho uh, representative said? Mm-mm. No. 
Uh, he said that nobody dies because they don't have access. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a jackass. Um, like, so, what makes him think that? Like, <laughs> I mean, they've, they've, they've removed so much from these bills that people can not provide ambulance services. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opt-out capabilities. Um, pre-existing conditions, can they're still required to be covered, but they can just jack your premium up to an unaffordable rate, which basically means they're not covered. Um, so, and, and pre-existing conditions are everything from diabetes to hepatitis to rape. Rape. To pregnancy. Or, you know, being born with something, hello, uh, so you're like the instant... Stephen, uh, Stephen Hatch, who is one of the owners of Hatch Chocolates, his Facebook post was... Probably one of the best ones that I've seen. He uh, was born with a type of dwarfism, uh, okay. and that's a pre-existing condition. His, you know, and he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry that you know things didn't go well in in the womb." And <laughs> it was it was such a good post. I'll have to well, it's see because it of that still comment. Send it out. I think it made quite the rounds here in Utah. Well, it's because of that comment that somebody made where they were like. Well, you just get sick because you're not living right. Like yeah, you're so a sinner or whatever. What? He was a sinner as a baby, like in utero. So to bring this back Sorry, to really Utah. Said that to him? Well, that like that, not to him necessarily, but they were saying that people so, get sick because they're bad. And so if you are not bad and you live right, you won't get sick. So to bring this back to Utah, Hatch and Lee, our two senators, will probably have a pretty heavy hand in the creation of the Senate version of this legislation. Um, so everyone's hope is that it's not going to make it through the Senate. Um, Lee and Hatch are already indicating that they're just aiming for an up-down vote. So a 51 vote would uh, actually get this through the Senate. Um, then would have to go back to both chambers as a joint bill. Um, and that's where it's going to have the, the most difficult time, I think. Um, but the, the, even if you talk to all the different representatives out there, hardly any of them read the whole thing. And it's... It's really bad. It's going to cause them to lose their jobs uh, in a lot of states. Maybe not Utah, but in, in a lot of states. Um, it's it's not good legislation for sure. And, and Hatch and Lee are going to play roles in it. And really, this is the time to reach out to them, whether you like them or not. Call their offices constantly and tell them how you feel about the legislation. Um. So a couple of cool things going on at universities uh, around uh, around the state. So Utah Valley University is opening a new autism center. It is open. They it cut is the open. ribbon uh, last week or the week before, I believe. So uh, this is down, obviously, in, in Orem at Utah Valley University. What a cool thing! This is thing. huge. It's it's amazing. So it's it's a it's a center to obviously it's it's to study autism, um, but it's also a center for autistic individuals. So there's like two. Uh, sensory rooms, right? Isn't that it's what a sensory garden. Yeah. There's two playgrounds, uh, training rooms, uh, classrooms. There's also a lounge for um, students on the autism spectrum that go to UVU. And that program um, helps those kids transition um, out of high school. So jobs, getting them into the community, into a place where they where they feel comfortable. And it's this is really awesome. Yeah, it's freaking fantastic to see this stuff come. So now you can vaccinate your children and they'll have a place to go, people. <laughs> you better tell my mom. Fucking jackasses. I vaccinated my children and they're not autistic. Do they just, like, get lucky? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, no. It's fucking 
people are anti-vaxxers. You're dumb. If you're an anti-vaxxer and you're listening to this, you're a moron. Thank you. And you are tell you on the store on the show to know why. What? We should get them on. I don't know why. You have why? caused chicken pox outbreaks and polio. To yeah. you, you've, shot, you've caused chicken pox outbreaks. You, you've caused mumps to come back. You've caused diseases that have been basically eradicated to reappear. Well, and the reasoning is, well, yeah, but that's because they're gone. I got whooping cough because you guys are fuckheads. Yep. They're gone because we vaccinate. <laughs> Is that an official diagnosis? <laughs> yep, that's yeah. that's why I got a whooping cough. Uh, <laughs> so the Huntsmans are back. Uh, Huntsman and the the Koch Foundations uh, have uh, made a joint fifty million dollar gift to the Utah State University Business School. Uh, specifically, this gift is going to scholarships. Um, so there was already a program out there for the Huntsman School of Business at USU. Um, imagine that it's named after Huntsman. Um, but it's, it's a really high end scholarship for, it's an extremely tough program to get into and they wanted to expand it. Uh, it deals with a lot of international business and travel, that sort of thing. Utah has some amazing colleges, by the way. They we really, really do. do. We have some fantastic universities. Um, and it's stuff like this that, that really makes them fantastic. But this is, I just want to say this is really cool because it wasn't just something that, he so readily gave um, Huntsman actually challenged them 10 years ago to produce students who would compete with the best and brightest anywhere in the world and they did so he was like here have some money have some more money expand the program because you guys did it all right just a couple more things so a couple really cool things so um, we talked with our our, uh, dentist friend what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Two weeks, weeks ago. Two. Uh, that's Alpine Dental? Uh, no, no, Stonehaven. Stonehaven Dental. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and they, they did their event uh, on some Saturday, the yes, 6th. Last May, Saturday. Uh, on May 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a guy down in Ephraim, Dennis Matthews. Um, and uh, he has been working to bring dental care to veterans. So... The, because why would the United States government take care of their veterans? So there's quite a there's a quite a bit involved in order for the VA to cover dental care. Even though the VA says mouth care is the gateway to health care, uh, they still don't offer full dental coverage to veterans. You have to meet quite a few different. Uh, different you pretty much have requirements. to be damaged to so, disable the prisoner of war. So one of the things that really kind of drove this home for Matthews. Is he said I'm sixty percent disabled and I don't qualify for the veterans, you know, dental benefits. So he decided to start a program um, where he could, you know, he it's it's a program you have to go through some some different hoops to kind of get into, uh, but you get offered oral health care uh, for free. Um, you know, I'm sure dentures and other things like that are included. Uh, so it's called New Smiles for Veterans. Um, and he said they, they've gotten quite a few dentists to jump on board at this point. I think 20, it said. Because uh, they're only asking the dentists to donate their time once a month. So if you so. get a whole bunch of dentists to donate their time once a month, then you we should help. We should get more dentists on board because this guy alone drives across state making appeals to dentists to become providers for for these veterans. We should talk to our friends at Stonehaven. We should. I bet they would be willing to do something like that. 
So, uh, really cool. Okay, the last thing. So, I have known about this place. This is something that's that's very unique to Utah. I don't know that I've heard of one elsewhere like this. Um, I heard about this place when I first moved here in college. Uh, my first roommate, Nate, um, right outside of, of college, he uh, he found this place, and I've never been, and I've always wanted to go. So it's called, it used to be called the Oregon Loft, and it's still referred to as the Oregon Loft. Um, but it's also known as Edison Street Events. So it's up on 33rd South, um, 145 and East. 145 East. So it's, it's actually right by the theater. So it's, it's kind of tucked away. It looks like a, uh, it looks like an old chicken barn. <laughs> like it's not much. It was. It was a former chicken coop. So what it is though is it's got a, a huge organ in it, big old pipe organ. And they play silent movies there, so it's a theater. That's so cool. And they play silent movies with and the they, organ. And back the organ in the day, you went to, to the it. movies and the the organist played along with the movie. Yeah, he was the soundtrack to the silent film, uh, and so they're kind of keeping that tradition alive. Um, it's really cool. I've always wanted to go there, uh, and I kind of found this story out on KSL about it, and I was like, oh yeah, that place is awesome. Um, you know, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it from, from people that have gone. So just kind of a cool little tucked away place that honestly, you would miss it if you didn't know where it was or what it was called. So it's well, especially called, since there's a movie theater down the street I, from it. Not, I mean, it's like literally the movie theater is less than a block away from this place. Yeah. And it's a big century. It's the big century 16 on 33rd. Um, so it, just so cool that this place exists in, in Utah. Okay, with us today we have uh, Tammy Stegel from uh, Ruby Snap. Yes, hello. Mm. So uh, Jess has known Tammy for a long time. Yes, I have. Do you want <laughs> me to give you a backstory? <laughs> sure, why not? Um, I, know, I want you to say yes and then just yes, be dead silent. That's what I do. <laughs> I answer in one. Um, I was working for the Olive Garden, and my aunt worked down the street with a builder, and they got cookies from a vendor. And uh, it happened to be February because Scarlet, the mm-hmm. uh, red velvet cookie, was in stock. And then I I had a local food blog at the time, and she was one of probably one of the first people that like the first three or four people that I wrote about. You're still Dough Girl. We've grown a lot since then. Dough Girl, like seven years. Is that like? Did you wear like a Pillsbury costume? Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, but I used to say I'd like to punch him in the yeast. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd that name come from, Dough Girl? Uh, we're a World War II theme. So if you walk in, you'll see there's cement floors and there's a lot of stainless steel and metal, uh, corrugated metal on our counter. We have airplanes and propellers and a lot of people don't pick up on that. They think we're 1950s theme, but I just really enjoy the World War II area where we can celebrate all things yesteryear when ingredients were really ingredients and they didn't have lots of preservatives and shortening and artificial things. So Which, it was like a doughboy. For those of you who don't girl. know, the World War II was in the 40s, not the 50s. What? Well, so There's in World War One, the dough, the male flyers were called doughboys. Mm-hmm. In World War II, when they had a shortage and they enlisted the women, the female flyers were called dough girls. That's where I got the name from. That's fantastic. So why did you change to Ruby Snap? For I, those people that may not have, well, I don't know, been yeah. around six years ago. Right. Well, I, I'm not really permitted to talk a lot about it, but basically um, we were tainting the image of the Doughboy's name 
apparently, <laughs> according <Good> to <laughs> <laughs> a very big company. And with a certain so, doughboy that cannot be <clears throat> named. Named. Gotcha. Right. You want to punch it's him in now the a symbol. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, yeah, we picked names and phrases from the 40s to come up with a new name, and we wanted it to be like a call name. If you were a flyer, you'd say, come in, Lily Tango, over Ruby Snap. And so that's how we got it. I that's actually cool. don't even think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Cool. That's really cool. I do like your big sign when you walk in the, the uh, what's her name, the rivet girl. The Uh-huh. That's really cool. That's actually a customer. It's a mother of two. She was pregnant oh. in that photo, and it was a self-portrait. That's really cool. Yeah. Is that a, uh, is that, because all your cookies seem to be themed like that, right? Well, it's easier to call a name Audrey instead of, can you give me the almond dough with cranberry almonds and white chocolate? And then after that, I'd like the mangoes and dark chocolate <laughs> and the citrus dough. She's my favorite. So it's just easier to say, can I have a Susie? Because they're all their own recipe and they all have their own flavor palette and ingredients and dough base. And it's just a lot of words to say. Is there a significance to the names or not necessarily? Well, they're mothers, daughters. Friends, aunts, customers. Uh, Judy is named after a customer who had us create that cookie for her wedding. Oh, wow. And we liked it so much, we kept it on board and called it Judy. That's cool. That's really cool. That's so really one of them cool. is going to be a Jess. There is already one, but it's not named after me. Oh, <laughs> it is a German chocolate. Mm, that's my favorite. That's a couple months Thank ago. You. So you've come March, up, to be exact. You've come up with all the cookies yourself, right? Or yes. do you have a team behind you that helps? I'm it. Yeah. You are the team. Yep. It's her, herself, <laughs> and her. Yep. <laughs> Director of Appetites right here. So how many cookies do you eat in a given week? You know, I actually don't eat very many because I'm so busy that I don't get an opportunity. Or the other scenario is I always say, I can eat what I want. I can walk up there and get a cookie anytime I feel like it. And then it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so usually what happens is my husband will bring home cookies someday in the week in a box and I'll eat a cookie at home. And then I go, wow, these are really good <laughs> because you forget when you're, you're making them, creating them, baking them, smelling them, touching them, decorating them all the live long day. You just forget because you're near it. You're so well, yeah. close to it. You probably have some sensory overload there occurring as well as you're making them. I think I just, I'm just always at a really fast pace that I really, truly don't get an opportunity. It's like, honey, I brought you some two-day-old cookies. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> they don't last that long. We're, I'm kind of a cookie snob. I like them 15 minutes out of the oven. So <laughs> That's when they're the best, nice and warm and still kind of gooey. Yeah. And, so we donate everything at the end of the day. We never serve today's cookie tomorrow. Oh, wow. Wow. It, and it goes, it, the requirement is it has to be a legitimate community need, not just a high school soccer club or, I mean, those are worthy, but we want it to go to Primary Children's Hospital or Shriners Hospital or the the food bank, wherever it goes, 4th Street Clinic. We have about 30 outlets where they go, Ronald McDonald House, et cetera. That's really cool. That's really cool. So, Does your staff just deliver them like end of day or beginning of next day? <clears throat> what we do is we box them up and we shrink wrap them and we put them in the freezer. And then when donation requests come in, we put their name on it and they come and pick it up. That's awesome. That's freaking great. And and because it's in the freezer, it's still very fresh when they thaw them out and eat them. Yeah, they're still great. They're just 
at that point, we don't call them a Ruby Snap cookie anymore because a Ruby Snap cookie is a fresh cookie. And when you come into the store and purchase one, they're maybe two hours old at the oldest. So, because we bake all throughout the day. So, what time do you start baking in the morning? We start at 6 a.m. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's not too bad for a bakery. Most bakeries are starting much earlier, but they're doing breads and things like right. that. Right. So. so, we don't have to proof and rise and wait and. A lot of butter. How much butter do you guys go through in a week? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I should have that statistic, but I'm going to say around 40,000 pounds a year. Wow. wow. That's astronomical. That's awesome. <laughs> what do you get your we, butter? We purchase them by the pallet. Oh, do, so. you, do you try to source everything locally in that regard? We or? try really hard, except for things that grow on the equator, like mangoes and coconut, we get from the Philippines. What? You don't get Utah mangoes? No. The mango no, they're a little that... dry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the trees even grow here. Yeah, they don't. But And then <clears throat> I will travel to Bali, and I go to the plantations and bring back vanilla beans, and then oh, wow. we either dry them and grind them into a powder, or we soak them and grind them into a paste, a wet paste. And that's what's in the Mia cookie. So it's a vanilla bean sugar cookie. And it's actual beans that mm. I went to the plantation and procured. That is awesome. You got so that cool. cookie. It's on the pink frosting. Mm, that was a very good cookie, actually. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. So I've seen, my, actually, my first exposure to, to Ruby Snap personally was um, seeing it in a grocery store, seeing it mm-hmm. in Harmon's, because yeah. that's where I spend all my money is Harmon's. <laughs> So what uh, what made you decide to start selling? I'm guessing it's just dough at that point uh, that you bake up yourself, right? Yeah, it's pre-portioned frozen cookie dough. It's exactly the same recipe that we sell in the store. So sometimes people think, oh, you created one for the store and one for you. It's exactly the same. Um, but all ovens vary. Yeah. So depending on your oven that you have at home, it'll bake differently. So we give really good instructions. But the reason why we're in Harmon's is because they discovered us at the farmer's market downtown and invited us to apply. And at the time, I wasn't really ready. So we waited about 18 months before we applied. (laughs) And we've been in Harmon's for five years now. Can I defrost the dough and eat it? That's up to you. I mean, we. (laughs) I've eaten raw cookie dough my whole life. And I five to that. But according to the Department of Agriculture, <laughs> we do put a disclaimer on it well, that you, it's raw dough. Do you put eggs in your dough? We use fresh eggs, which is also uniquely different because a lot of people purchase eggs in a carton that are radiated. Yeah, yeah. So we had to really kind of stand up for our right to use fresh eggs. So are you using local eggs and locally sourced fresh we eggs? We use cage-free eggs. We use RBGH-free butter. We use non-bromated unbleached flour we we really really work hard to keep everything i know non i know non-bromated is like a chemical thing but that totally makes me think like you know hey bro hey <laughs> <Not> bro. <laughs> yo bro have there's you no these? bros involved in this <laughs> <laughs> you know we dived like straight into the cookies we need like a background oh. like how did we get because we want to eat cookies yeah. Well, I know, but... Of course we dove into the cookies. Why would you stop? There's a plate of cookies in front of you. You dive into them. Maybe you're holding <laughs> off in anticipation so no, that when you eat it, it's like not with extra delicious. Okay, <laughs> so let's back up then just a little bit. Let's back up and see how we go down the cookie road. So she didn't just become a cookie architect from nowhere. I think nowhere. she was just born making cookies. Well, she could have been. <laughs> <laughs> she could have. She, It's in her DNA. So did you grow up in Utah? 
I was born in Arizona. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. And then oh, wow. I came here for school. And that's how I landed here. I never planned on staying in Utah, but I do love the geography. It's just, I love the four seasons. It's a great place to be. And I never left and I'm sure I'll never leave. Why Saudi Arabia? Was it My dad was an engineer. Oh, okay. Yeah. How was that? Because that is not uh, that is not a female friendly country. Not even now, let alone probably when you were growing up. There. It is the most friendly Muslim country probably on earth. Um, you're right; it's not female friendly, but you, there are safe zones that you stay in, and if you go into an unsafe zone, you're escorted by your dad. <laughs> and you have <laughs> to wear is... you have to wear the full burqa too, right? No, n- not for myself because I was an American, but I would always wear long jeans, long sleeve shirts and make sure that most of my body parts were conservative. So, so we when, had a, when had Lindsay went over there, she, she took a little head thing, but I don't think she ever wore it, but she mm-hmm. was a redhead and she didn't realize it that redheads are prostitutes. <gasps> what? <laughs> but actually there's a lot of redheads over there because they dye their hair with henna. So maybe that was her cultural region that she was in somewhere. But yeah, that was, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah, they they went into a safe community and. Yeah, she was on the Red Sea and. The Red Sea is really pretty and that might be culturally different. I was in an area called Dahran and Rastanura, but, um, my dad is 6'3 and he's a Marine. So (laughs) he was there. I was by his side, really close. Yeah, I don't think she ever left the compound that they lived in. It was it was beautiful and had mm-hmm. like all these regions yeah. and stuff. But getting back home was a nightmare for them. So was the mm-hmm. area you lived in fairly westernized or Yeah. Yeah, very multicultural. So how was that change then? So did you come to you came to Utah for school specifically? Yep. What school? BYU. Okay. Okay. And how was that culture shock? <laughs> it was. I mean, that's got to be a culture shock, right? Well, yeah, it was really significant because I grew up all over the world when, you know, we spent the summers traveling Europe and um, I created friendships and I liked people based on what we had in common, not what we had different. And there's a lot of polarization here, which is really odd for me because you like a person because they're good or you dislike them because they're bad, not for any other reason. And yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> culture shock for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So BYU, <laughs> um, you're there, I assume for all four years you get a, or is it five or seven? I don't know. Yeah. Was I it think like a Tommy boy thing. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, but for a lot of people for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I went through really quickly. I did fall, fall, winter, spring, summer, and I plowed through in four years straight. That's awesome. What's your degree in? Architectural design. Woohoo. Hey, look yeah. at that. Another architect. Sweet. So, I'm not an architect. Let me say, but, but you know, architectural design, and then you're into cookies instantly, mm-hmm. right? Well, not instantly. <laughs> I did that. I did that for 15 years, and I say that I did it until I, I loved it until I didn't love it anymore, is my story, because I really did enjoy that, that career. I love problem solving. I like having people give me a set of problems and figuring it out on paper and watching it come to life and it really works. Um, But the industry became collapsed and it was really difficult to make a living. And I had worked on a project for about a year and a half and walked away with a $4,000 commission. And I thought, this is beans. And 
And at that time, I could watch my Monday just dwindle every month in my savings, in my IRA. So I thought, if I'm not going to make money and I'm going to lose it all, letting it sit in an IRA, I'll just cash it out and take a risk on cookies. And I had already created several recipes by that time. Just as like a hobby at that point? Yeah, I was a really avid cyclist and I would cycle hundreds of miles every week. And so I would create these cookies and recipes for my free days. And I already had them in hand and I'd already daydreamed about it for a long time. And so I just thought, I don't care if I fail. I'm just going to try. Like, who cares if I fail? At least I got a step farther than most people because most people don't even try to start. And I, so I didn't put out any risk to do that. Um, I just said, I'm willing to lose $10,000 because I might lose it anyway sitting in the bank. And if I lose it, I can make it back. No big deal. And it worked. I tried it and it worked. Boy, did it work. So did, so did you just <laughs> start... 10 years later. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did you just start at farmer's markets then and then and then open a store later? Or how well, did that kind of transition? I went for the gusto. I just, op- I just launched right into the store. And it's a really scary ghetto neighborhood. And it was a very old building that hadn't been touched. And I used my skills to draw the drawings and pat get inspections through the city and was it empty prior to you guys moving in for uh-huh. a while yeah put a lot of sweat equity into it <laughs> so and that location is on third west just before eight south just in mm-hmm. case anyone who wants to yep. when you cookies. say just before do you mean like 850 south or 750 south 770 south there you go 300 so west i just guessed i just made up a halfway <laughs> point pretty good <laughs> Because before to me would be like 850 South. Like that would be before because I'm way out here. Oh. Which direction? It depends on which direction. Like if you're coming from Layton, before would be 770. Right. If you were coming from Herkin, you drove drove a long way I just work from like South Temple going (laughs) south. (laughs) (laughs) So Cookie Dreams, 10 years later. Yeah. So you, Mm -hmm. you, you start the store. You guys go, I mean, what was the driving factor for the whole World War II style era for, um, was it just purely the ingredients and the decision to use those or was there some other driving force for it? Well, I just glamorize that era. Um, I really honor those people and I really do believe they are the greatest generation. They did wonderful things for the world and for our own country and people really hunkered down and just did good things for their communities. But yeah, basically primarily it is just celebrating that sense of yesteryear and just creating good things from good ingredients. My mom was created in that in those years, so the good things come. <laughs> <laughs> so you should do like a cookie punch pass that looks like the food ration uh-huh. ticket book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We used to have. I have one in passes. my car. If, yeah, <laughs> did have, used to, now I used to get a cute little card. Forty thousand pounds of butter. <laughs> I'm still. I'm going back to that. That's so, just so, so then, much butter. So so what transitioned you into the to the facility you're at now? So that's our original facility. We've been there since day one. It was all I could afford. I really, really had no money, and we operated no loans, no debt for. Almost the first nine years. That's and we, amazing. Yeah. That is really amazing. She's a business superhero, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> She's my business superhero, anyways. <laughs> so for the first nine years, you operated like that, so you've stepped things up at this point? 
Um, I recently took out a loan, yes, to build a new production kitchen because we were beginning to have to turn away opportunities that we couldn't take because we were growing out of our kitchen. We were producing 500 dozen cookies a day by hand out of our little baby kitchen. <laughs> That's six thousand cookies for those of you that don't have math skills. Yeah, that would be me. Thank you for doing that for me. <laughs> so so, so you're, you're coming up with or you have a second kitchen? So now we have a second kitchen that's much more roomier. We have a really large freezer that's 25 feet long and nice. we can palletize ingredients and now we can start saying yes to accounts that we had been postponing for three, four, five years and now we can say, hey, guess what? We have the capacity now to help you. So when you talk about accounts, I mean, Harmon's obviously comes to mm -hmm. mind, but do you do cookie production for other restaurants, for other shops? We have tried it before. We created the Frida cookie for Frida Bistro, but a lot of restaurants operate their ovens at 500 degrees, which is Oof, not good for cookies. for cookies. <laughs> so that hasn't been very successful in creating signature cookies for other restaurants. But we're looking to expand in high-end grocers in other states. Fantastic. Is, so that, is that the creation of these new ladies is to expand out of states? The new flavors? Yes. No, the new flavors are... So in the beginning, we had one special in our bakery case. We carry 18 standard flavors all day throughout the year, every day. So you can come in and you know that your favorite cookie is there. But once a month, we were bringing, introducing a new special. And March, for example, is Lucy. It's a lime dough with a cheesecake center topped off with a lime curd. Mm. But then I, I needed more creative outlets. So I introduced what we called a secret special, which was I could create anything I wanted and you couldn't whine if it wasn't there. Like, it was secret. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, then people became dependent on the second special. <laughs> so now we have two specials every month that come in and out. And so I decided, all right, I, I need to pull a couple flavors. So in June, we're going to pull our flavors and introduce new flavors. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I really love Miley, by the way. It was like eating rice pudding in a cookie. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. So I... Like I said, I like to travel to Bali, and I I was in this village of Ahmed in a cooking school in this little lady's home, and she had the most amazing black rice pudding. And then she stuck a whole piece of lemongrass in the bottom, and it infused through the black rice. Oh, wow. And it had a coconut milk on it. And I'm like, wow, I can make a cookie out of this. It was so good. <laughs> and that's that's where the inspiration came. So is that where most of your inspirations come from, is just experiences like mm -hmm. that? Yeah, typically. I mean, not true. I'd say about 25% of the time is an experience. Maybe I was walking somewhere and passed through a chocolate shop or whatever. Um, the inspiration for Frida came while I was eating mole poblano. And the inspiration for Billy Ann, I was eating a dish called nasi champur, which is a tempura. It's tempeh and, sorry, not tempura, it's tempeh. Oh, okay. And... Um, it has nothing to do with curry, but for some reason that was the trigger that made me think <laughs> of making Billy Ann. But um, they just come. They come in creative waves, and a lot of times it's usually in the middle of the night when I'm trying to get some sleep. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. So architecture is a lot like that. It's very much You'll like be... That. Two in the morning. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in the shower and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, dang, I got to go draw. <laughs> so... <laughs> So if you if if you had to pick your very favorite movie, mm-hmm. so hard. What would that be? And then what? Also, two parts to that. Second part. What is your customer's number one favorite? So cookie? the favorite cookie for her is probably chocolate chip. She probably likes chocolate chip. No, <laughs> actually, that's my husband's favorite. Um, my like, favorite cookie is Isabella. It's a pumpkin hazelnut dough with raisins that we soak in Franchelico, which is a hazelnut liqueur. And we start a year before soaking the raisin, and then it percolates in the dough, and it creates this really fantastic you lightweight soak the raisins for a year. Yep, and they become oh really gosh. caramelized and soft and yummy. And that's dedication. I mean, I'll soak them for a day when I do stuff like that. <laughs> really? I, yeah, but two a weeks. Year? Give it two weeks a at year? least. Wow. Yeah, um, and then it has okay. a Franchelico mascarpone on top, which mm. it tastes it's like a pancake, a delicious, delicious pancake that you want to eat every day of your life. Well, my favorite way is hot out of the oven, and then I put the cold, cold mascarpone on, and you, you have to eat it immediately because it'll collapse. Can I come in and be like, can you just roll that back in the oven for me for just a minute, please? <laughs> it is, I just need to try it hot. I do spoil customers <laughs> when they walk in. I'm like, you have to try this. It's so good. Let's cheers. So that's my favorite on paper, on record. Mm -hmm. But And of our standard cookies, I do love uh, Virginia. It's the dark molasses ginger rolled in a raw turbinado sugar. And I love Penelope. It's the peanut butter dipped in chocolate. That's the one I was looking at online that I was like, oh, yeah. Isn't that the one we got you? No, we got it. Oh, we changed our minds. We got it. I don't I think I just I split the sugar cookie and, and had. Half of that and half of whatever you got, Chris. Yeah. I don't remember. That's how we did it, Havsies. I think it was all of their first times. Ooh. Yeah. I um, I try to stay away from cookies. <laughs> they're all created for me, so I love them all. The only one that I did not create purposely for me is Tommy. It's the maple bacon chocolate chip with pure maple you glaze. you never going to make a bacon cookie. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was never going to fall into the trap of a fad or a trend, but I was um, put up to a dare by a radio station in Oregon. It's Tillamook Radio. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And it, I, I still don't like it, but it's very, very popular. <laughs> so what is the most popular cookie then? At one point in time, it was Viviana, which is the chocolate chocolate chip with the caramel center. Mm. Oh, no, sorry. At one point in time, it was Viviana, which is mangoes and dark chocolate in a citrus dough. And then, then it migrated to Maris, which is the chocolate chocolate chip at the Carmel that Center. Sounds, sounds good to me. And th- that was the reigning favorite in the store and in the grocery stores. And then we introduced the chocolate chip in the grocery stores. That's our number one seller, which kills me. I think that that's so funny. Why would you just pick a regular old chocolate? I'm not that it's regular, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah, people are chicken, and then we if sample. you can see mine and Chris's faces, we're both like. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, chicken. I'm, I'm surprised you even sell a chocolate chip cookie, to be honest. It's really good. It's Hold actually on. really, well, really no, good. I, 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 yeah. As you do, no explain, like, I'm like, chocolate, chocolate chip with a caramel center. Like, that's the most basic cookie you've explained so far. And then it, you have a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. Um, it's It really varies depending on Mia is so popular that's the sugar cookie it's everywhere on social media it's the most photographed cookie ever it's beautiful it's, it's fun beautiful cookie. what about your specials what's the do you track that who what's 
who's the most special. The special, special. <laughs> They're just girls. I don't know. Well, for a lot of years, it was Scarlet, the Red Velvet. And I never knew I liked Red Velvet. I never knew I liked a lot of things until I started creating. And um, I like ours because it's fat and moist and tender and it's actual real cream cheese it's you know what i mean like sometimes you get cream cheese and you're like is this cream cheese flavor what is it (laughs) (laughs) um but i would say billy ann rock and rolled and then miley gave a good stiff competition this year man that was a tough one not to eat a lot of josephine will always be my favorite special i think i do love josephine she is so tiramisu good. cookie. She and another cookie that's really awesome that gets way overlooked is Noel. It's a sweet potato maple with milk no, chocolate. No, that's the one that pecans. tastes like pancakes. That's right. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Isabel>. so <laughs> good. And um, we slow roast the white Jersey yam and that becomes the dough base. And it's Whoa. so good and people just overlook it. It's shameful. That's Not so, me. So, so how many people do you have helping in the kitchen? Is it just you, or there's no way it's just you? Is not, it not forty thousand pounds of butter? Yeah, <laughs> she's like, there's no. <laughs> I, I got guns. <laughs> um, it was me for a lot of years. You know, the first two three years, I was the baker, the cashier, the housekeeper, everything. Um, but now we have five full time dough makers that help. So your new kitchen and is it part of the facility, or is it in a separate location? It's yeah, it's right there on. Ruby Snap Campus, we call it, because gotcha. now we have Couple four buildings. or five buildings, so in the same general That's area. Awesome. So with five, they're neighbors with McGrew Studios, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, really? Yep. Yeah. We like those. We like those folks. They've also bit. been around since the beginning. They have yes. been around forever. So, with five other dough makers, are you ever concerned with them walking in with your recipes, or do you have them controlled? Or? They're very controlled. Yeah. So we have You're like I get I get bags of spice mix. That's what you use. Well, they're very <laughs> large, number one. They're very, very large. And yeah, we do have one individual who dry weighs each recipe. And then we have other individuals who prepare the wet ingredients and then they add the dry weigh to it. So let's say So one person knows one thing and another person knows the other, but they don't know both. Right. And just like KFC with a special secret recipe. Yeah, I you know I worked really hard to create the recipes, so I don't want them to just walk out the front door. No, I mean, I it really is my life, and it's it's what I've put all my cards into. I just put all my poker chips into the table, and I, I hate to see that dissolve into intelligence walking right out the door. So yeah, I protect it really heavily. I don't blame you. That would be a hard. That would be a hard thing to keep secret too when you have other people making stuff. So Yeah. And every single individual before they start day one signs a non disclosure agreement. It's a pretty heavy duty <laughs> agreement. And we do not allow any employees other than the authorized employees into our new kitchen. So even our employees don't get to see our ingredient bases anymore. They really can claim innocence like i do not know <laughs> i don't I make don't the know. dough i know there's flour and there's probably butter <laughs> right but that's maybe it. some chocolate a whole lot of butter yeah. definitely no sugar in these cookies though. vanilla They're, right now is 300 dollars a gallon yeah vanilla is way expensive. because they had a cyclone in madagascar and there is no vanilla till next year wow yeah 
so your cookie price is going up. Better go buy some vanilla, nope. Jess. I'm, I'm actually out. I do need to go get some more. <laughs> so you want to buy a little pint at Costco? It's going to cost you about I $27. Buy it from a local yeah. guy. His name's yeah. Alan Peck. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I buy from the bulk stores when I buy my vanilla because it's like a dollar more than the grocery store and it's a huge bottle of not imitation. That's that's important. Yeah. That's very important. The real stuff. That's gross. What imitation? Vanilla? That's yeah. just gross. Yeah, it is gross. <laughs> <laughs> no yucky gross. stuff. <laughs> I have uh, one of your employees wants to know how come you are so amazing and were you what? born with your amazingness? What? That's got to be Michelle. She's my little <laughs> girl stalker. <laughs> Michelle is amazing. Shout out to Michelle. Yeah, I love her to death. Yeah, she's going to be my new BFF. She's like your best hire in the history of ever. You know, they're all amazing, truly. She's just super outgoing, but they really, really are all so good. She's the only one I talk to a lot, so. Yeah, she's wonderful. And a lot of people mistake her as Ruby. Yes, they think I that she's that. Ruby. and But she makes half Publix and half Creo. And then it's delicious. That's right. <laughs> That's right. She does. Um, well. You do have good employees, though. Yeah. So do you, do you have. She has to answer how she's okay. so amazing. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, yeah. I, I <laughs> there's me, there's I, an answer to this. Okay. DNA. I think my answer is. Um, well, yeah, I actually followed in the footsteps of my mom. She's pretty amazing. But. I think just being genuine, just sticking, sticking to what is really important to you. And in the beginning, I really, really didn't care. I didn't care what happened with it. I just wanted to see if people liked what I did. And I wanted a place to put two ingredients in the same sentence that didn't belong together. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I didn't really care if anybody liked it or not. I just wanted, as long as I liked it, that was the criteria. And I figured there must be other me's out there in the world. And so I just have stayed true to what I want to do. And now you're being shipped all over the world. Yep. On planes and mailboxes. and. Do you have much competition in the cookie space? Um, no, I don't think so. Because when I think of who is out there, I mean, there are some good cookie companies out there. Smart Cookie is a really good company. Um, but other than that, if you think there's, and I hope I'm not incriminating anyone, but there's over the top cookies where I just feel like they're not even similar because they have a boilerplate dough and then they just throw in candy. And that that's great because it meets a certain population that likes that sort of thing. But we use fresh fruits, fresh um, vegetables, fresh nut butters. You soak your raisins for a year. Yep. We just do a lot of uniquely different <laughs> things. Like, that's, that's, that. that's amazing stuff. That's, that's crazy dedication. That's the kind of thing that, I mean, you go to Michelin star restaurants to get. So. We squeeze our own juice. We really squeeze our own lemons, and we create our own fresh squeezed lemon you glaze. You squeeze them with your hands? We, no, with a. We have an electric. <laughs> Not only press, does she it's have really nice. buns, her dexterity. <laughs> or is phenomenal. it like? Or is it like hot dog on a stick squeezing? No, 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 not like that. <laughs> We're in a funny costume. But that would be good exercise. Pumping up and down <laughs> on the bucket. <laughs> yeah, that's a man's joint, right? That seems humiliating, by the way. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I do agree. And they don't. They don't get to do it in the back room. Like no. they have a back area. They have to do it out front no, so the customers can see. That's like paid entertainment. Yeah, I had some friends that worked there in high school. <laughs> who, was your, who was your first cookie? My very first cookie ever was Penelope. My true love. Yeah. 
I'll get that for you next time. We're going to be broadcasting downtown in a few weeks. So. To be clear, you work pretty close. Oh, yeah. You're that downtown. Probably you're drive past it almost I every day. I never leave my office. You can yeah, go on the way home. But I'm really saying, don't. you could go in the morning. She opens early enough. You, you legit probably drive past it every day on the way to work. Uh, no, not really. Which, by the way, Zoe is a really good breakfast cookie. It's a blueberry lemon chia, and it has a fresh squeezed oh, lemon glaze. It's mm. so good. Like and the coffee's so good. Lemon. And more a hot lemon. Betty. That's an oatmeal with apricots and dried cherries. Which oh, super yeah, good. That one. These that names one are so really good. good. <laughs> and I guarantee you. <laughs> that's like oatmeal in a. That's way better than the I oatmeal. Sh- I make it work. I could totally right. show up and not have any idea what any of the names were and just like. I feel like I want to just let that one get hard so I can like dunk it back in milk and get it really, really soft and stuff it soaked in <laughs> milk. So it's like actual like oatmeal soaked. I don't know. Yumness. Yeah, because that's the only way I like to eat a hard cookie is if they made it soft somehow. <laughs> well, these are not hard. But that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like, I feel like I want to yeah. let it get hard just so I can dunk yeah. it and make it soft in milk. <laughs> so are you planning to open up any more storefronts? If dreams come true and I say daydreaming is free, so I would love to. Locally or do you want to do it out of state? I've never wanted to do another store in state because I like the idea of a destination store where you feel excited, like, oh, yes, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City. I can go to Ruby's Why can't anybody else understand (laughs) that concept? Yeah, because you saturate a market and then it's not really special anymore. Exactly. Because Um, they want to make money. We talked about this last week with Cut Bop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Traverse Mountain could be a great area, but truly, if I'd rather have, to, I'd rather say, "Hey, honey, I have to go to Jackson Hole to check on that store." Right. I'd like place, yeah, Portland. I gotta go to Vegas to check yep. on my store. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I love you. But it's just <laughs> what you said. Having having a destination, it makes it so. Oh, you know, like I'm gonna go to New York City and I'm gonna hit. This place, mm-hmm. this place, and this place every time because those are my go-tos and the memories that are infused in that. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing for you here. House and if there Man were more. King. Austin would be on my top list. I love Austin. I love Portland. I love Seattle. I love Jackson Hole. I love Union Square But you New couldn't York. do one in Portland and one in Seattle. That would just be terrible. Yeah, well, I say I can do what I want. You got to pick a winner. <laughs> you got to pick a winner. Yeah, that's how she got where she is anyway, remember? <laughs> you know, you have um, a really great relationship with so many businesses and people in the community. How has building those relationships been important to you? And, and what advice would you have for somebody... Mm-hmm that needed to do this, really people need to do the same thing. Well, I'm really indebted to the community. I feel like I am only me because people trust me and people have invested their trust in me by purchasing cookies and giving me great moral support during difficult times. So when we did, when we were litigated against that very big company, which I'm not allowed to say out loud, um, I'll I'll talk about them for you after we're done with the interview. Everybody was really supportive and, you know, you can't get anywhere alone. I, you know, if we fail, I'll take all the blame, but if we succeed, I won't take all the credit because you get there with everybody, not just your employees, but your customers too, and the community. And it's really important. So we try really hard to give back to the community. We give about 50,000 a year is our budget to to donate to the community. 
Um, this year, we're probably going to be off the charts on that. We've already gone overboard already. But, um, you know, gratitude is a great thing. And developing good relationships is really important. And I don't feel like you can get anywhere without gratitude. And you really, really have to honor the people that make you who you are. Well, not even donating. I mean, you've been a sponsor cookie for Sundance, mm-hmm. um, for other uh, Eccles. Didn't yep. you do cookies for Eccles? Yeah. Do you have, I mean, that's, those yeah. are pretty big things to have your cookie, you know, on a doily or a cute plate. I don't know how they're yeah. presented, but yeah. <laughs> you get them in a Ruby snap cookie sleeve. Golden flake so. napkins. Yeah. Oh, how did you get involved in, in Sundance? Did they just, somebody up there tried your cookies? They called the probably the second year we were in business, and I was really afraid to do it because I didn't have any discretionary money, but I thought, I'll take a chance on it. And I went up there, and I had so much fun. And I'm not a Hollywood chaser at all, um, but still, I met... A few people here and there. I have pictures with Snoop Dogg <laughs> and Dennis Haysbert and a bunch of different people. But I, I'm just not a Hollywood person. I was more interested in trading for movie tickets <laughs> and um, just getting my name out there. And I feel like our best form of marketing is getting that cookie in your mouth. It's better than paper. It's better than words. When you taste it, people like it. And that's why sampling at Harmon's works really well because once they, whatever we're sampling that month, that's what they buy. Or that anybody that hasn't been in your store, she will sample every single cookie for you. Yep, that's true. It's true. When I was there a couple weeks ago, I sampled. We say we say unlimited samples, and I've even put people on assignment to go try everyone just to see if our employees will actually let it happen. Nice. And, um, but the thing is, is most people stop at two or three. I got some free time this week. I'll <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah. I'll have, can I try that one? Can I try that one? Can I try that one? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Are your employees ever like really another one? Oh Are you sure? This Are you going to actually in. buy something? Okay. Yeah. That was great. I'm full. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, I don't think we've ever actually had that happen. Maybe what, what we have happen is maybe, three or four or five times out of entire nine years, somebody will come and turn in a free cookie card and walk out and leave. That's really rare. Why would they do that? Are they crazy? You know, a lot of times (laughs) they'll order a dozen and at the end they apologetically are like, can I have my free cookie? And we're like, of course you can. You ordered a dozen, you get 13. We give out every box that you purchase has a free cookie card in it that you can use on your next visit. And, um, no apologizing there. Holy cow. Free mm-hmm. cookie. I hoard them. I just know that because I forget to have them. I'm like, oh. But you don't just get one cookie. You end up with two cookies and a coffee. Do you have good coffee? We bring co- coffee back from Bali. So we have a ball. It's called Kopi Bali. And it's a sludge coffee, like kind of like a Turkish coffee. And it's really strong and powerful. And it'll blow your head off if you drink too many of them. And then we also, <laughs> it's just so powerful. Like, you know, because it's the real bean. And some people like to chew on the sludge at the bottom. But um, then we carry a really nice public coffee from public coffee roasters who are just down the street from us. Mm-hmm. And their coffee is really great. And then we also carry Creo Brew. If you haven't heard of Creo Brew, they're really, really awesome. 
And you can find them almost anywhere now. They're really growing up fast. Which one did we have? Do you know about Creo? Creo Brew. Cocoa beans roasted like coffee. Amazing. And then they're ground and you brew it like coffee. Amazing. Super good. Very, very, very high in antioxidants. We had the public. It was good. I had half and half. I drink Publix coffee every time I drink one of the 801 coffee pilsners. Because <laughs> that's what's in their beer. It's so good. I wish they made more of them. <laughs> We're really Sorry. big on supporting local, just so you know. We have a great local community. We're, Utah's pretty impressive. Yeah, we really do. You're part of that. We you just, go hand in hand with Utah's own. I, I love Utah. I wrote in my journal in... 1990 that I wanted to be a significant part of the landscape of Utah but in my mind at the time I was thinking of the arts and I never knew that someday it would be culinary you sent well, it out to the universe look what art. you got yeah. it is absolutely you are what you art. think yep the cookies are absolutely art yes um, that is they're, true they're just mass-produced art <laughs> <laughs> listen when you are have to serve the public you have to mass-produce but every single well, one of them like is they beautiful. Stick around, so yeah. you've got to you've got to keep making them over and over yeah. to see them because <laughs> they don't <Yeah>. stick around. <laughs> I think in December I calculated the other day, um, yeah, how many cookies we made in December, and I can tell you here in about two seconds. I can't imagine because that's got to be like heavy no, duty ordering for holiday parties and gifts and mm-hmm. everything else, right? I think we made six. 6,240 cookies or something like that. I can't remember. Just in December? Actually, we have done that in a single order before. 6,000? Yeah, we have an order, and I can't tell you who for, but coming up for 3,000 dozen. (laughs) So we're really excited because that's our biggest single order. Is it producing the dough or it's making the cookies the whole thing? It's baking them, packaging, Mm. shrink wrapping them, putting them in shipping boxes, and sending them on their way. Whoa, 1,000 cookies. Yeah. That's pretty much amazing. That's We're really excited. So you're going to hate people that day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that's not going to be a fun Can you do day. that many in a day, though? That's, that's going to take a couple days, doesn't it? I mean, well, we have, we have four ovens, and we can bake about 60 dozen an hour. And we don't have to do them all in a single day. We're going to break it up in over five days. That's good. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of cookies. That's awesome, though. That's good. That's, That's really so cool. good for That's you guys. Amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, we were very excited because up to that point, I think our largest order was maybe 360. Three, oh, wow. That's 300, a joke. <laughs> 360 dozen, which is a significant order. Yeah, you're you're going to start at 10 p.m. the night before and work your guts out with a team of but probably six people. Still do it in a day. This one's yeah. like a week. Right. That's amazing. We'll have, so we'll have to amp up our employees. Not that. 3,000 dozen. Is it, Just feed them lots then? of that sludge no. coffee and make them chew on it all. Right. And there you go. <laughs> you can't, you can't no. give away information, but is it for an event or is it for like a it's, sponsor? It's or a, a corporate or? gifting. Corporate. Whoa. They want to say thank you to their people. They That's really cool. It's a really awesome corporation. So I, we got one more question for you. Unless anyone else has something. Jess. I did. I want to ask her about copycats. Do it. Because you talked about recipes being stolen. Pinterest exists. And mm-hmm. people are, oh, you know, pasta visual, garden recipes, right. and zuppa Of course, yeah. 
Is it uh, laughable? Is it flattering? Is it appalling <laughs> that people are trying to emulate your cookies out on the internet? Well, I think imitation is a form of flattery, and it's you have to probably separate your emotion from the idea that people even care. If they care and they're copying you, that means you must be something and they like you enough to copy you. So what what is really flattering is that we have been compared to Levain Bakery in New York. And there are copycat recipes out there. Would you like Ruby Snaps Lily or Ruby Snaps Margo or um, Jeeps? If you remember that one, it's a Rocky Road pecan. Your daughter? Yep. Yep. And um, so I'm okay with it. In the beginning, I was like, how dare you? But then, on the other hand... I have still 25 recipes that have never been introduced to the public, or I don't know a real number, but I have journals full of recipes. I have a brain full of recipes. And so I kind of feel like, bring it. If you want to copy me, go for it, because I am about 25 steps ahead of you, and I will just start blasting out my new flavors. My tummy is ready for those 25. Well, let's be honest, though. Have you seen the stuff that, that comes on Pinterest and then people try to make? It's right. a disaster. It's so I think you're okay. Yeah. Like my rum balls. That's my case in point. Oh. Rum balls I tried to make Disgusting. like three or four years ago. So Do you gross. like them or no? I had a great oh. batch that you made. You I don't know what them? you're talking about. They never set up. Well, yeah, alcohol is tricky. So it was a Pinterest thing, though. They're, they're all pretty on Pinterest. <laughs> right. and, and mine were like, bleh. Yeah. A lot of, a lot <laughs> like of execution of a recipe is. Tasty recipes on Facebook. <laughs> I tried. I failed. Yeah. So my point is, I would guess 90% of the people that are going to try to duplicate your cookies, you're probably okay. I'm probably okay <laughs> because, you know, most people don't really even want to du- re- duplicate them at home and they're not going to launch into a business and start selling them. There have been knockoffs. There was a bakery, and I won't name the name, but they um, copycatted almost every single recipe we had exactly. Like Locally. Memphis and... But the thing is, is they did a really poor job and they're already fading away and well, they sure they, they didn't look appealing. There wasn't that visual aesthetic. And um, there are some others that are still trying and there's a few that have done a pretty good job, but it's okay because I'm, I'm just doing what I original. like to do. Well, and I'm see, sure with the that? specialized ingredients that you use, mm-hmm. if they even get one of them <laughs> right, not right, then the cookie well, is Well, and I right. think a lot of people don't understand what natural is. <laughs> what do you That's got there? That's why I so, so, like copycat. So for oh, those yeah. of you at home, Chris pulled up these, <laughs> That's funny. these amazing looking cookies that are the well, cookie it's like monster. Cupcake cookie. And it's what, it's what you find on Pinterest. And there's how they really turn out. And they're a disaster. <laughs> Pinterest. <laughs> Maybe we'll yeah. post that. Anyway. Um, so I'm actually okay with it and it puts fuel to my fire. And so in the beginning, I would say who in the world has a mango and dark chocolate and a citrus dough cookie? No one. And now I can say who has a black rice lemongrass, who has a coconut carrot curry. And my next one is butter and jelly cookie. Well, that was just, again, that was a little (laughs) bit of a dare. Do you want to hear the story behind that? Uh, yes. So, um, we have two ladies that ran our farmer's market last year and they're best friends and they're so close. They're like peanut butter and jelly. 
and they have a tattoo on their wrists and it's these little pieces of toast with peanut butter and jelly and they're holding hands and they're, they just really like each other. And, um, so they, jelly tattoos. That's amazing. They outdo each other every year on birthday gifts and Christmas gifts. And it was her birthday, May 3rd. That was the day that we introduced the cookie. And she said, she's been dying for years to have a cookie named after her and her name is Lisa. And I'm like, Hmm, that is so perfect. Cause Lisa is such an all American name. Peanut butter jelly is all American. So I created the peanut butter and jelly cookie and when it sells out, it'll be done, which will probably be in a few days. <laughs> so, so get downtown if you need yeah. peanut butter and jelly cookie. Yeah. That one's called the Lisa. If mm-hmm. you're trying to keep track. Yeah. But my next one that I'm going to create is a pomegranate hibiscus. So who has a cookie like that? No one. Yeah. I love pomegranate. And in June, we're going to introduce a, um, matcha, a chocolate matcha green tea with caramelized cocoa nibs on top. And also our sesame tahini, which is super That one good. I'm excited to try. It's so good. Simple, good, which ironically tastes a lot like peanut butter. Yes. Tahini tastes a lot like mm-hmm. peanut butter. It's ground sesame seeds. Yep. I love sesame seeds. We can try that one. And we're going to do um, a lavender honeycomb. Mm. So it has fresh lavender in the dough with a lavender glaze and then literally a chunk of honeycomb on it. And and it has honey in the dough, etc. What else are we going to do? I'm I'm bringing five new flavors in. Just don't make it taste too like flowery and perfumey. There's a local baker that does. It's like eating perfume. Did you just tell a professional baker yep. not to make cookies <laughs> taste terrible? Yep. It's a really it's it's an acquired taste. Yes. A lot of things are. And whatever you do, Rose, make sure that coconut. Your cookie a lot of people hate coconut. Like That's true. <laughs> so whatever you do, don't burn your cookies. Yeah. But we have an iced anise, and if you understand licorice flavor, it's a licorice is a leaf, mm-hmm. but. Um, Anise is a seed that comes out of that little star-looking flower Mm -hmm. that looks like cinnamon bark. And then we um, actually sprinkle it with some fennel, which is also Mm -hmm. a licorice flavor. Chris uses anise in his cooking all the time, so we usually have you need that cookie. Yeah. You're gonna need that so cookie, good. huh? What are the what are the stupid cookies from Christmas time called that Jack made? That he keeps he made so many of them. There's tons of frozen oh, ones. Oh, those pressed. The, he'll, he'll break them um, up. They're pressed flat and they have an anise all I can't throughout think what them. What they're called? Is it like a sugar cookie? I no, mean, like a, a shortbread. It's, it's a really, those really thin, they're like thin, they're, they're, uh, almost fortune cookie esque, but even thinner oh, yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Pressed in a pan. Are they good? They're so good. Say that, Jess. Like, like they're Pella cookies? Yes. That might be what it's called. That's exactly oh, what it is. yeah. I, I bet it's good. I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you can actually see, because it's so thin, you can actually see all the anise that's in right, it. Right. Yeah. So good. My old, yeah. in the olden days of my church, they used to sell those every hmm. Sunday. When you went Back to church. Yeah. Well, that wasn't that long ago. No, <laughs> like when I was <laughs> three no, days ago. Like when I was a little, when I was a little kid. Like when I was like, Eight. So, like when I was mm. really little, yeah. they used good to memories, right? every single Sunday. So, when he brought them, I was like, oh, I need to eat like 20 of these. <laughs> All right. So, last question. We ask everyone this that's okay. on the podcast. Um, you've been in Utah for a while. You've made a home here and yeah. a, a business and a life. What is the one thing that you would tell someone visiting Utah that they had to do before they left? Ooh. Other than buy a cookie from you. 
I love all of our canyons so much. We have really beautiful canyons. I love Lake Powell very much. I spend every summer there. We have seven national parks. We are amazing. So do it all. That's what I would say. And in fact, I would like to put kind of a map of Utah, like a, like a very graphic designed map of all the cool things you could do in Utah. That would be really cool. Cause we get a lot of, we get a lot of travelers that come through Ruby snap. That would be really cool. I love the geography here. It's just amazing. Do you have a favorite Canyon? Um, they're all gorgeous. I mean, I love going up through immigration Canyon up to the top of Morgan County and then like down through Hennifer on my bike. It's really good, but little Cottonwood Canyon. I feel like I'm a superhero when I get back home off of a bike ride. <laughs> let's be honest. Anyone who rides a bike up our mountains are superheroes. Well, let's be honest. I hate the bicyclists going up. Cottonwood Canyon. It's scary. You know I'm so afraid of them. They're yeah. So, they go so I go, fast coming down. Right. Yeah. Cause you can go 60 miles an hour. Easy peasy coming yeah. down gravity that's it's real easy yeah like, i don't know you are insane that those wheels suck <laughs> <laughs> they're not meant to take any kind of actual gravel that hits that road hard <laughs> yeah i i would go early like 5 a.m before there's any kind of traffic oh, yeah. i did get hit by a car and it was a, on a day that i woke up two hours late so yeah, it's, it's, it was no fun it's treacherous do you remember deb De- De- burkham chris yeah, her husband was, That's how he got hit he by got, the car, right? He, his tire hit a rock. Oh, yeah, he flipped right. over, totally shattered his helmet, and got a, a brain contusion, had to have brain surgery and everything. That's right. I'm super lucky. Yeah, I was pretty dangerous, but um, now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, now he was older like, and a I doctor and everything. You, you have just, cookies. You need she's to like, baby. now I go down the hill on 9th South, and that's about it. I just don't cycle anymore. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't really emotionally get over that one you know just that i just literally have a roadblock yeah. so i'm trying to yeah imagine getting, getting hit by, hit by a car, car. I, yeah. I hit a car when i was a kid i fantasize about roller derby <laughs> that's kind of my secret you would dream. be an awesome derby girl i'm accidentally so competitive i would i just don't know if it's a good idea I could so totally, i could totally see you throwing bows <laughs> i would just be a, <laughs> sorry about Isn't that it just down the street from your shop you could just you yeah just pop like in. All day. Yeah. It, I would love it. Well, Tammy, thanks so much for joining us. It's You're welcome. A, a Thank you. How can people get a hold of you? We should ask that. Oh, oh yeah. You can <laughs> find us at www.rubysnap.com. You can go to our store at 770 South 300 West in Salt Lake City. You can call us at 801-834-6111. Boy, I just Googled Instagram, Ruby Snap and instantly like, that was the first thing that came out. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. If you make a comment, I personally respond to every single comment. You are actually I'm talking so to me. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's oh, fun for me. <laughs> it's it's like, fun. We Twitter your stuff. <laughs> we, we've we've reposted quite a bit. Oh of yeah, your stuff and the Twitter. Account. Yeah, um, the Twitters. And were you the culprit at Volkswagen? I'm always the culprit. Okay. At Volkswagen. Yeah. Generally, <laughs> oh, yeah. They love me. We do love you, actually. Yes. <laughs> And then so. they sent me cookies. <laughs> and you can email us at heyruby at rubysnap.com. I will answer your email, too. Fantastic. Eat her cookies. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you.
Okay, I think that's going to do it for the night. Uh, thanks again to Tammy for joining us from Ruby Snap. We told you you'd want a cookie after that. Yeah. Fuck. Or two. I don't know which one we're going to eat. And a free cookie card to get you 13. Oh, and a free cookie. Viviana. She's my go-to. Go. Or Frida. Go sample every lady at the cookie do store. Do it. You've been challenged by the owner. Room. I have. I should. <laughs> yeah. You better. You need to do that. I'm trying to fucking Can lose, you Facebook I'm Live to that? Lose weight, why don't you take Why don't you take They just Sean. give you like they give you like a quarter of the cookie. You're good. Yeah, but they they have like fucking 300 cookie types 18. in there. Okay, 18. So plus two specials. A quarter of so 18 cookies, so I'm eating So well 20 cuz you've got your two specials. Okay, so I'm eating five cookies just a sample. Oh, that sounds good. Why don't you just okay. take Shawnee with you? She Watch could it down eat with them the coffee. and, and the probably lose good. a pound. Yeah, they have milk in there too. Me and milk, babe. Me neither. We're not friends. Same. <laughs> not at all. I like milk every once in a while for things, but we're not friends. Me and too. and milk's cousin ice cream. Yeah, I'm not. Doesn't like you much either. I love ice cream. It's one of my favorite things. And every time I have it, it's just bad news. And I've tried the non-lactose ice cream. It's just not. What you need to because do is you see cookies. It's all good. You don't need milk. Yeah, I'm, now I'm on to ice cream. I've <laughs> skipped over Ruby Snap and right into ice cream, especially since we were talking about gelato off the air. That's true because she actually didn't talk about it, but she personally is going to Italy for a month to learn how to make gelato. Yeah, not for cookie making. It's very cool. Just because she wants yeah, to learn how to she make gelato. Does. She just does cool things like that. So, so anyway, yeah, it's been a, uh, a it's been a fun night. Uh, I guess. I don't know. It's Maybe. been a fun night, but now we're all hungry. <laughs> we all want cookies. <laughs> we want cookies. <laughs> I failed you. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I did want to mention one thing, and I'm trying to remember where this came from. Oh, okay. So with Zinke in town, guys, um, he's going to open up uh, public comments uh, for the stuff that he's doing with the National Monuments, specifically here in Utah. After May 12th, so you can submit them online if you go to uh, www.regulations.gov and then the number that you want is DOI-2017-0002 um, or you can just search for the monument review, um, but they're going to open it up to public comments. I urge you to go leave a comment about your thoughts on those public lands. Um, every little bit helps and uh, if they see a pretty big outpouring of support for the monuments the way they've been designated uh it certainly can't hurt so with that i uh I bid you adieu um i'm gonna have to get some fucking cookies now <laughs> so if you want to uh get a hold of us you can uh go to uh the new utah podcast uh, on facebook or at tnu podcast on twitter uh, you can uh, check out our blog at uh, thenewutah.wordpress.com. Really, go go check out the blog for sure. Uh, we post all kinds of links and cool things and just write stuff and does shit. And, it's cool. Uh, yeah, share share our episodes if you like them, uh, and leave us some you know comments, feedback. If you guys have something going on locally, let us know. We'll we'll share it out. We like to uh, export local stuff here, so. Bye. Good night, everybody.